0: To this episode of Exceptional Advice, I'm Baz Gardner. I'm Tristan Howard. So, what are we talking about today, Tristan?
1: We're talking a little bit about video today.
0: Okay, so we video is a big topic. I mean, this is uh, a tool that I've been using personally in in a, my advice firms for a very, very long period of time, and I've been nagging thousands of advisors probably tens of thousands of advisors to be using it more in their businesses. So I'm kinda, we we divided up the, all of the different things we wanted to talk about for different episodes. And today we wanna really get into the psychology of video. So I think it's the biggest factor. Why are firms not using it? Why are they, I mean, it's just such a powerful tool. Why is it not so mainstream? I mean, look, it's definitely far more common than when I started using it, you know, 15 plus years ago. Uh, So in my financial services firm, I had a full-time videographer more than 15 years ago before people were thinking about this at all. I've used beta and VHS cassette tapes to send to clients as part of my client engagement process. So it's a medium that I've been using for a long time and certainly lots of our clients have used and for that matter lots of people who aren't our clients are now using it. It's just such a powerful vehicle. But why is not everyone doing it? Now, there's also a lot of different uses of video. We'll talk a little bit about some of those today, but rather than getting into the hey guys, this is how you should be using it, here's the mechanisms, we're not going to get deep on that. We're going to talk about the psychology. So I know normally you're going to be asking me questions on this stuff. Yep. So I'm going to start out asking you a question. Sure. What do you reckon is the number one reason why more people are not using video? Um,
1: I don't know how specific you want me to answer. The first thing that comes to mind is, is you know, fear. Everyone's a little scared of being on camera, looking looking not so good or messing up their words or whatever it happens to be.
0: Okay. So I think the key to advice is understanding you're always there to help your clients. If you, I mean, this, this show is all about exceptional advice and how to build advice firms and how to be a better advisor so that you can be giving exceptional advice to clients. And to me, exceptional advice is really about going deeper, having more life impact, having more change, creating more value that's more connected, more meaningful for your clients, helping them live and experience the best version of their lives. That's, that's to me, my summary. Now that doesn't have to be your definition of exceptional advice. Um, And we'll be interviewing lots of guests over the coming episodes to see what they see. This is really about the topic, the conversation. How do we make it better? How do we go beyond just good or even great? So today we're talking about a, tip, a, a a a practical application, right? One piece of the puzzle. So I'm going to I'm going to wrap all of this together, don't worry, I'm taking you on a journey. So to create the version of exceptional advice under my definition, it's really about helping your clients and for that matter yourself, but your clients understand what they really want what really will create a life benefit to them rather than the stuff they've been, you know, programmed rather than the false expectations of others rather than living other people's lives. What do they really want? What's really going to fulfill them? What's really meaningful to them, how to define it and then how to overcome their fear, which is in the pathway of getting to where they want to be. So the reason we're talking about video today, is because my job's to do that, or our job is to do that for other advisors. So what they do for their clients, whether they're accountants or financial advisors or lawyers or coaches or consultants or whatever your denomination, to help them do those things, our job is to, to do that for other advisors. And whenever I sit down and I've had this conversation and you've sat in on hundreds of these conversations, whenever I sit down with people, I'm always trying to get, well, where are you now? where do you really want to be like i mean really and then what steps are you going to take to get there now if we're narrowing that down to the element that's about an advisor growing their business developing their career having more impact for clients you know all of the stuff that there's a commonality between when we sit down with other advisors almost universally one of my answers would be if you're using video more effectively you'd have more of what you want. You'd reach more people, you'd get your message across more, you'd have more referrals, you would have less, less time talking about the same things with clients, because video isn't just about social media and you know messaging or marketing, it's about communicating at scale. You would be more in contact with your clients, they would feel like they knew you more, they'd be closer to you, you'd have less client attrition, less fee sensitivity, you know, stronger relationships, all of the things that are at the core of running a great advice firm. So then why is it that advisors are not using video appropriately? Well, that's why I asked you the question because it always comes down to fear, right? Where you are and where you want to be, you're, the things that are determining what's in your way is always your fear. So let's dig into a little bit more. I mean, we've experienced this. We've helped we've helped, you know, literally thousands of advisors to get past their fears and to use this as a better mechanism, whether it's, you know, through public speaking engagements or, you know, the courses we've run or one on one coaching and consulting or building programs for other businesses that service advisors. So what are the typical fears? And the thing about this is, right? in order to overcome your fear, one of the key things that you need to be able to do is to explicitly bring them to light or contextualize them to put context around the fear, to admit it, to discuss it, to frame it, to give it a logical shape and address it is contextualization. Mm. It's kind of like the antiseptic, isn't it? For For the germs, or, you know, if you want to make the darkness disappear, you turn the light switch on. So that's really what we're going to be doing today is talking about those fears because we've seen them hundreds and hundreds of times and there's a commonality in things. And whoever your clients are and whoever you're serving and whatever your end outcome that you're trying to lead them to a path to to get the better version of their life, you'll find that there's commonalities in those things too. That's how experience helps you get better, helps you get closer to being an exceptional advisor because you can start to recognize the patterns. Mm-hmm. Aha, I can see where this is going. I know this. Let me help you understand this because I've been there. I've seen it. I've seen other people do it. This is what they found, etc. So I guess the fear is going to be different depending on who the people are. Yeah. All right. So, you know, one of the things that determines, again, we've built a pretty sophisticated algorithm for this and we can score it, one of the things that we, we know directly affects your organic referability. So organic referability, I'll talk about all of the time. Um, and if you stay tuned, you're going to learn lots about these different things, um, over the coming episodes and organic referability is a major indicator of the strength of your business. Even if you, you know, you already have as many clients as you ever wanted how the referrals work and how you treat them are still going to give you an indicator as to how well you're doing in your business. So how well you tell your story and how well you tell your client stories, okay? Two very, very powerful tools, whether it's on your website or your LinkedIn profiles or you know your YouTube channel, or whatever. Video is undoubtedly the best way that you can tell your story and tell your client stories. Other than in person, obviously that's always the gold standard, right? So why do firms not get their clients telling their stories? Why do they not get them on video? Why do they not get their team members on video?
1: Probably for the same reason they don't want to be on video.
0: Right. So it, it all comes down to fear. Yeah, we, we understand that, but what are the specific fears? So let's start breaking, breaking John. into this. Um, so I'll come back to that one so let's throw out some some other examples here what about the hey I want to grow my brand I want to attract new clients I want to build my profile mm-hmm. so how long does it take me to do a, a video for LinkedIn let's say a 10-minute video how long would that take me to do yeah,
1: 12 minutes
0: <laughs> 12 minutes okay <laughs> so this is this is a really critical thing right so to begin with, a big part of the challenge is that video people are thinking about perfection, Yep. right? So the common fear, and by the way, fear is always a derivative of self-worth issues, right? So when when you wanna be an exceptional advisor, you're always digging into the, how is this a reflection of someone's self-worth? How is that causing them to be in their own way to act counter to their best interests. So when it comes to putting yourself out there on video, rather than sending a one-to-one, which by the way is one of the most powerful ways to use video uh, as an advisor, You know, following up with a client, you've just met with them, right, they're feeling comfortable, but you've got momentum. So, or maybe they've just signed up with you. Hey, just send them a little video. Great meeting you. Just remember, here's a couple of steps. Really looking forward to catching up with you next week. The power of doing this stuff is huge. You know, you can add a fifteen to twenty uh, percent into the experience factor of an engagement just by doing little things like this. It takes you two minutes to do the video. So, what is the fear? Well, first of all, I think that you know. How, how did, especially those of us, I mean, you're obviously in a younger generation, right? Mm. So how much TV did you watch as a, as a kid?
1: Um, I think maybe up until, call it grade eight, grade nine, fair bit. And then after that, pretty much exclusively, you know, YouTube, Netflix, stuff like that.
0: So, you know, if, uh. If we go the next gen, like the next next generation down, right? Mm. So they're coming through high school now. How much TV did they watch?
1: Oh, a tiny amount, if any.
0: You know, if it wasn't for Netflix, it probably would have been almost none. So, would you say YouTube has probably been a bigger source of your, you know, you watching videos?
1: Um, in the beginning, yes. Now, probably 50-50 with Netflix or whatever other streaming platform.
0: Twitch or whatever else it is. Okay. So, obviously, as things develop, there may be different fears that cause, Mm. you know, people in your generation as they start moving into making business decisions. And it may not be the same thing, but I think this is a big part of it. (coughs) So, for me, you know, I'm coming up closer to 50 than 40, that's for sure. Um my generation right was definitely tv right and so we always were thinking about this thing where you know your actors are performing perfectly um news readers speak you know to perfection they don't there's no ums or ahs there's no ifs or buts you know and if there's a blooper it's a you know it's a big deal right and if you make a lot of bloopers you don't actually get to be on the tv so there was this whole idea of perfection. In video, you need to be at this this level for it to be effective and for it to be good. And so this really plays into the self-worth issue. So I think too many business owners and professionals, when they're contemplating creating videos, they just make it so hard for themselves. right? They over-engineer it. They think about it. They're worried about what people will perceive instead of actually just being themselves. And that's what makes it really, really difficult. And I can speak from personal experience here. You know, the first video, the first real public video that I did. um, Now, I'd done videos before this, you know, videos to specific clients. Uh, we, We did what I call a value hypothesis video. So when a new prospective client is thinking about working with us, We'd send them a video, you know, a video, saying, "Hey, this is who we are. This is this is what we believe. This is what it's like to work with us. It's relationship driven, not marketing. Relationship driven." But the first public video that I was producing, I spent three months doing doing it, right? So I scripted it, built the process for it, and it was a it was a series. It was a, it was a business series. So even then it's kind of interesting. So even though I was using video a lot in my own financial services firm, the first public video that I was doing was actually for other advisors. So kind of gave a bit of an indicator as to where my career would lead, right? So I'm I took I don't know how many takes we did, right? So standing there, we, you know, we had some animations with it. I'm doing the the perfect, you know, hand signals right you know the body all the body language you know cuz yes i studied body language and speaking and eye contact and pauses in between and you know making sure all my words are articulated perfectly and have you seen that video by the way have i haven't seen the it? video i have just
1: heard the story
0: okay so let's uh let's pull that one out again cuz seems to be every 5 years so <laughs> i'll try and find it <laughs> it's like Probably 17, 18, 18 years old. So, you know, first public video 18 years ago. Uh, YouTube wasn't wasn't even a thing. I think it was like 2006 where YouTube really became...
1: Yeah, somewhere around there.
0: Like a truly functional platform. Even, even then it was pretty clunky. Yeah. So anyway... Um, took me all this time to prepare it and uh yeah we'll have to pull it out because you'll get a laugh because it is hilarious you know it's so fake it's so wooden the thing about this is video is a way for you to scale yourself if you want to be an exceptional advisor then the truth of being an exceptional advisor is in order to get there you have to embrace yourself you have to be comfortable with yourself you can't help your clients to make breakthroughs when you're not also becoming more self-aware. You don't want to try and pretend to be someone that you're not because you can't help a client be more of themselves or live more of their best life if you're fighting yourself at the same time. Like this is some of my best fundamental advice to anyone listening to this. Okay? It's so, so important. You can be a good advisor when you're putting on the professional game face. You can be a good technician. You can even be a great technician and maybe even an exceptional technician. But as for being an advisor that's actually getting deep and creating a connection and getting real change for them, you can't do that being someone else. Don't even pretend. So being yourself. And the beauty of having this philosophy is... When you're being yourself on video, that's what we're doing right now. We haven't scripted this. Sure, we had a quick chat about the ideas. But if you're watching this or listening to it and you're not resonating, I don't like this guy. This guy's a, you know, whatever. I'm trying to cut my swearing down. That's okay. That's fine. If if you're listening to me and you don't vibe with my philosophies or ideas, if there's not a resonance with you, then why the hell would you ever want to do business with me? Like, it's just the perfect recipe for creating the best niche business. Just be yourself and resonance will sort the rest of it out. Because most of exceptional advice requires there to be a connection between people. So these are some key concepts that really get in the way with video. And also one of the reasons why I think video is so important. If I hadn't overcome my own obstacles and started iterating in public, being myself in public, getting over myself, you know, letting go of this need to be perfect or get a message that I pre-vetted for myself, then I would never have progressed at the same pace in my capability to really dig deep with clients. Okay, so that's one of the best things about video is it forces you to overcome a lot of the psychology required to become an exceptional advisor. So I'm just gonna give you a little tip here. Sure, it's gonna build your brand. Yep, it'll increase your referability, can allow you to scale your communication, be in contact with your clients, you know, far deeper, far more often without much work. It uh, It's almost free to do in fact it is free to do because of these magic devices right i mean how good's a video and even the audio how good is it that you can get just from your phone like it's a it's astounding when i so when i first i had a part-time videographer but when uh when he came on board and went full-time all those years ago um, one of the things we did was to, you know, buy buy a professional video camera. And it was something like $12,000, right? And that was the cheapest we could spend to get something that was not exceptional but semi-decent. And uh, I can tell you now, this shoots video at I don't know how many more megapixels and Um, what aspect ratio difference and all the rest, but it's phenomenal. It's so so much better.
1: I was going to say, how much smaller is that than what you would have bought? It was,
0: was, (laughs) you know, it was one of these ones. I mean, even what we're filming on here, the DSLR cameras, which is what we do all the professional grade video on these days, you know, even those, they're tiny and cost just a fraction, but do like an exponentially better job. But now you can have it all in here, right? So it's free. How much does it cost to host video?
1: Nothing.
0: Okay, so maybe if you wanted to, oops, I didn't mean to hit the microphone there. Maybe if you wanted to actually, you know, get some privacy stuff on this, so maybe it's got some sensitive client data, you can get a Vimeo account and password protect it, as example, they've got some pretty good security protocols. And if you do that, then okay, you gotta pay for an account. but is that super expensive? No. But on a basic version, if you're just doing relational, va- you know, relationship-based videos, you can just use YouTube. Um, make an unlisted video. Send it to someone. I mean, how much easier is that than sending someone a video cassette in the post? <laughs> right. so I know it's funny, but the technology's been here for a long time now, right? So the last yeah. ten years. Okay, 10 years ago, the video cameras on smartphones weren't that good, but they're brilliant now. Like, phenomenal. I mean, even just the slow-mo stuff you can do on that iPhone of yours is pretty crazy, right? Pretty cool. So, there's no technical obstacle. It's super easy. It's fast. Because how long does it take to do a video? Well, just turning it on. I mean, you can record straight into YouTube if you want to. Um... For the stuff on the computer, I use a little program called Loom. Uh, I think they've just introduced uh, a small fee to use it because it's been free for years. And it's only if your video is more than five minutes. So you can record your screen or you can record a webcam or both. You click it, record it. By the time you've finished, it's uploaded. You've got a link. You can put it in your email, text message to someone, whatever. So there are no actual obstacles apart from artificial ones. So overthinking things and the need for perfection is a big one, right? So what happens when you're thinking about doing a video? Like, I mean, you may not experience this personally, but what have you seen because you've been around plenty of, you know, plenty of our uh, workshops and client consulting meetings and stuff like that? What, what goes through people's head when you start talking to them about creating a video that they're going to share in public, even if it's just across their client base?
1: Everything, but like to an unreasonable extent, it's like they, they'll sit down and do it and they'll be adjusting everything and, you know, making sure they look good, even though they were perfectly fine sitting in a room with, you know, however many other people talking to them about whatever, five minutes ago and then they'll start talking and get, you know, Three or four words in and say something you know not exactly to the script they had in their head and then they'll kind of jump back and be like oh i gotta do it again and yeah
0: i know it's it's quite amusing having seen this happen many times but by the same token i'm i'm gonna be honest with you i went through this stuff i just did it way earlier than everyone else so if i could go back in time right, and have a little conversation with myself of you know 18 years ago or whenever What are the things that I would say to them? Well, to me. All right. So if I could go back, what would I say to myself? It'd be pretty simply this. Hey, Baz. Video is super powerful, right? And if you just listen to me, you're going to do so much more of it than you will actually have done, right? So just trust me on this. Don't worry about what other people are going to think. You're not doing it for that reason. You're doing it because you've got something to say and because you can be yourself. And just the act of expressing yourself is going to be a value to the right people. And trust that. Don't, don't think about it. Don't let your ego ponder it. Trust it. Don't be afraid of new platforms Because otherwise you'll come there late. You know, even us doing this show now. I should have done the show 10 years ago. And why didn't I? Because I didn't listen to this same advice. And so I'm trying to give it to you. Don't overthink it. Just be yourself. And whenever you come up with something that you feel strongly about or you have strong questions about or an experience that you learned from then write it down and write it down because you're going to use that as your source material for actually making videos and when you make the videos you're not going to script them you're not going to try to get a message across. You're not going to think about how you can use it to convince someone that you're good at what you do. You're not going to use it to sell something. You're just going to tell them something. And you're not going to do multiple takes. Right? The only time you'll do multiple takes is your first your first video, right? So Just, just to give you guys an idea. I mean, obviously I do a lot of little piece to camera videos and if you check out the YouTube channel and please do, please make sure you've subscribed because that obviously helps it make it worthwhile for us doing this. Then I've got stacks of, you know, 10 minute or thereabouts videos talking about different concepts. So how I do these is usually somewhere between three to 20 at a time. So the reason I do it is because the first video, I'll probably have to do a couple of takes, and you've obviously sat in on a bunch of me doing this. So what usually happens for the first 20 minutes or so?
1: Oh, 20 minutes, you know, we'll get in there, set up the cameras, you know, what whatever needs to happen to make it look good, and then we'll probably chat about topics or whatever for maybe five minutes while we're doing that. Um, and then, you know, you'll have a couple goes, but, you know, you'll mess up a word or... You'll get to be like oh probably should mention this it'll make a bit more sense okay and then after a couple takes we just go
0: so you you were you forgot to mention the smack talking because that's oh, usually, of course that's usually what makes up the first 20 minutes right is us messing around and having some fun in the process like we did just just before we hit record today uh and jeremy's just sitting over there as the as our producer today shaking his head cuz he gets to sit on, on on us doing this all the time my point out of this is we don't do takes right and i've seen people do this a million times you do it once then you try and remember what it is you're saying you think about how you could make it better and you try and then it gets more and more wooden that's not how to do video so usually it just takes me And I won't do a whole video. Um, I'll usually just do two or three minutes. And then I'll be stumbling around a little bit. And it just takes me a second to get in the vibe. Often as it does when I'm in client meetings. So my first client meeting of a day, when I'm... So for me personally, as an advisor, and this is a whole other topic we'll get into. So can you make a note of this? I really want to delve into batching time. So for me personally, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, meetings. Right, that's what I'm doing. That's where my greatest value is in talking to people. So I'm doing workshops, I'm speaking to people directly, meetings. So, you know, even the first meeting of a day, it'll usually take me a little bit of warming up. But once I've done that, here's my golden rule for creating piece to camera videos. So piece to camera simply means you're looking down the barrel of the camera and you're speaking to the person behind the camera as opposed to doing an interview, which is like fly on the wall. They're two different styles and you generally don't wanna cross the two together. So when I'm doing that, just start speaking. Pick a topic, don't try and engineer it. And the reason I do multiple takes is because the first couple of minutes are me just getting into connection with the topic. You know, you're coming in cold, you've thought about it, you haven't really vibed into it yet. That's all it takes. Once you start vibing in, then you're on a roll. Okay. So um, I'm going to use, I'm going to use a law firm that we've worked with here, Merthal Law um, in, uh, in Queensland, Australia. <clears throat> and I uh, happened to go and spend three days with them last week, you know, interviewing team members, clients, you know, referrers, other professional advisors that work with them. And uh, so Kieran's been a client of of ours now for a couple of years. And anyway, so long story short, there was a a legal change that happened for our state. And that legal change was that you can now move assets. I don't want to go into the huge details, but it's enough for context. You can move assets from real business property assets into a company without paying stamp duty. Now I haven't dug into the details of it yet because They've got a webinar that they've launched. And so I had the chance to listen to them, you know, one of their, one of their very technical lawyers in there. Um, so shout out to Tom because he's technically brilliant. Um, you know, he'd done the homework and research on it and was briefing the team. Pretty interesting stuff. Lots of opportunities for them to create some real, really cool strategies. So they went and filmed a video to go up on LinkedIn and their YouTube channel. Um, and via an email to invite people to a webinar, and I watched them do it, and they followed this exact process. So they talked about it quickly amongst themselves. One of the team members had her iPhone, right? So clipped it on the little bracket that goes on the tripod that we recommended, which by the way you can pick up for ten bucks on eBay. And they filmed a the video. Ten minutes later, the video's done okay that afternoon it's up on linkedin you know by early the f- you know the following week they've filled up a you know they're in the process of filling up a webinar not overthinking not overengineering just doing it and in order for this to happen you have to confront your fears you have to realize that being imperfect is actually what makes this this work just being human is what will draw people to you So, my advice to myself if I could go back would be do it. Don't think about it, just do it. You can click record, talk about it. Don't worry about whether it was good enough or not. Upload it. Put it into the public. Iterate in public. And just move on. All right. So that's we kind of started at the deep end first. Yep. Going to talk about a couple of other key key issues here. So that message was really for you as a business owner. If you're not using this stuff, then you are not honoring your profession. You're not honoring who you are. You're not you're not investing your goodwill. You're not using your own best capability, which is you. So using video and putting it into the public is is critical. So let's just have a quick chat about the ways you can use it. So I think The couple of examples I've given are doing stories, like interviewing your team. By the way, this isn't marketing stuff. This is just trying to show the authentic version of them, who they really are, as a tip. The artificial wooden corporate videos where the team is scripted and the clients are scripted, that stuff is, I'm not sure if it's worse than having no video or slightly better, I'm not sure but it's significantly worse than just having an authentic video. That's that's the key. So what are the other ways that you can use recorded video, right? We're going to do a whole different session on, you know, doing things like Zoom meetings and using video meetings and advice, and that's become a real thing now thanks to COVID. So what are the other ways you can use recorded video in an advice firm, Tristan? I mean, you've seen plenty of them.
1: Yeah. What, what springs to mind immediately is, um, for, you know, for internal purposes. So for like for training or, you know, maybe making a bit of a, almost an, an employee handbook, maybe for someone coming on board that kind of explains the systems that you've got in place and, and the processes that, you know, you have to go through regularly.
0: Okay. So videos for internal process and for training, like so easy. Um, now, Funnily enough, probably the easiest ones to do are uh, screen capture. So, you know, Loom, I highly recommend Loom as a as a very cheap platform. Um, and as I said, it's free. I think it, I think it's still free if it's under 5 minutes. Um, but there's plenty of them. So, not only are you recording the video using, you know, your computer or your web and your webcam, but it's hosted at the same time. Mm. And so screen capture video. Right. we're not going to get into the, you know, the details. We've got you know modules and courses and programs on exactly what kind of videos and how to sequence and build systems and, you know, how to how to upload it to the webs and all of that kind of stuff. No, we're just talking about the philosophy. So when I first was doing this, um, it was training new advisors or training people that were coming in to become advisors. So they were either power planners, so they were doing the technical parts behind the scenes. Uh, or associate advisors, or for that matter, even, you know, senior advisors that I recruited and brought into the business that I wanted to, I wanted to educate in our philosophy or the way we, you know, ran client engagement. So how I did it back then was use that, you know, $12,000 video camera. And I'd run training sessions. So I think it was every Thursday afternoon, I'd have a training session on how to explain this or how to think through this issue and I just record it and then we built a training library so you know as other advisors came on board I didn't have to repeat all of the things again we started building out a library that's okay if you're willing to jump up in front of a camera but the thing about building systems and procedures and really making this stuff stick is it's probably going to be your non-client facing professionals that are best positioned to build this, right? So another example of a firm we've been working with is, um, associate advisor. So, uh, young Zach, really, really talented guy. Um, I think he's going to make an exceptional advisor. And so he's worked his way through, you know, being a back-end power planner, doing things behind the scenes, to being an associate advisor, sitting in with, a, you know, the principal advisor, doing client follow-up. He's now moving into starting to, you know, present to clients and do some advisory work. And as one of the projects that, that we gave him, it's like, well, you can move up, but you can only move up once you've actually built a system to explain and train someone else in all of the things that you do. Okay. So, he went and created Loom videos. So the reason that this is important is because most of this is screen capture. So for those of you who don't understand, screen capture means that you're recording what's on your computer screen or your phone screen for that matter, but for this stuff it's easier using a, you know, computer. So if you're explaining, you know, how to enter details in your CRM or how to use your analytical software or how to use a particular spreadsheet or you know, how to may it had to merge different components, whatever it might be, then for most of your policies and procedures, you can do it with screen capture. And the reason this is important is because if you think it's challenging to get you as a, a client facing professional to overcome your own BS, to get on video, like with the camera pointed at you, like the camera is looking at me right now. See, it's even freaky for me when I think about that. Um, then it's so much harder to get your, you know, your admin team, your client, fa- your non-client facing team to jump on video, but it's much easier to get them to do it when they're not actually going to be seen. It's just the psychology of it. So building systems and procedures. And if you want to scale, you know, if you want to scale a business, by the way, have you read the E-Myth? I think so. Okay. So I'm going to recommend you pick up that book. Okay. Sure. Um, I'm sure a lot, of, a lot of our listeners and viewers will have read the E-Myth, Michael Gerber. So it's just about building systems to enable you to scale and your policies and procedures. It's such a basic one. But honestly, it's so easy to do this. Your team member can just sit there and explain it like you know, as if they had someone right next to them that they were showing how to do it. It doesn't have to be perfect. They don't need to script it. They don't need to engineer it because it's an internal training video. Quick record, done, it's uploaded. It's now in your systems and procedures. If one person leaves, you can bring someone on and you've got them up to speed a lot quicker. But it's not always easy getting people to be willing to do this stuff either. So, you know, we won't delve into all of the mechanics of accountability and these kind of things. We're just primarily talking about the fears that you will encounter. And funnily enough, a lot of your team will be very reluctant to be on video. So, you know, quite often I'll go into an accounting firm, you know, maybe we're helping them get set up to, you know, really, really take their, their referability and their digital profile to a new level. So, you know, we're interviewing their team and clients and et cetera to be on video. But it's quite funny when you've got, you know, the videographer going around the office getting, b-roll which is just background footage and the idea of b-roll is it's just background clips right so you've got the key footage and then in between someone speaking you have b-roll in the background you know illustrating the topic yeah we're a really friendly office Um, I love coming to work and you know the fact that everyone can have a laugh and then the background is a video clip of people having a laugh in the office anyway I just wanted to take the chance to explain b-roll so B-roll is one or two seconds. It's not, there's no vocals on it. And uh, so you can brief the team. But it's quite funny. In a lot of offices and you know, videographer be moving the camera around. And it's almost like people diving out of the way. Because <laughs> they don't want to be on camera. It's, it's always amusing to see how people react when there's a camera in front of them. Is that you? And that's a question for you. Cause it's pretty easy for you to sit back and go, well, I don't want to do video, but I want to have a better firm. I want to have more connection with clients. I want to grow. Well, you know, why not do the thing that's so super simple? It's almost free. It's piece of cake and it just leverages everything. So what else can you use video for in an advisory business?
1: Um, So we talked a little about the internal stuff. You can also go and use it for um like maybe not so serious client communications so maybe just you know catching up after after a meeting
0: okay so yeah checking in with you so this is the this is the one-to-one video Mm -hmm. right so super powerful if you really really want to leverage your engagement and be more successful at it then introduce more human touch points so it could, be, it could be a value hypothesis video, which is, hey, before you meet with the first time, here's what you want to know about us. Uh, you could send that to all prospective clients before they come in. Uh, it could be what we call a mental smoothie, which is um, avoiding cognitive dissonance, so setting expectations for people. So, for example, if they're coming to your office, send them a video that shows them where to go and how to get there. Huge benefit in this stuff, right? I'm not going to take the time to dig into all of the mechanics of why this works and the impact it has I want to talk about the principles behind why you may not do it So we need to talk a little bit about what you can use it for for that to happen Why do I mean I've told I've said this at conferences and events I've probably told 30,000 people to do a how to get to your office video, right? Out of those 30,000, how many have done them? I don't know, a couple hundred maybe? Why? Well, because they overthink it. You make it more complicated than it needs to be because you're afraid of perfection instead of iteration. I mean, doing it is easy. Don't let yourself spend too much time on it, number one, because this is supposed to be about efficiency, not taking it away from you. It doesn't have to cost a fortune. Just... Get your smartphone out, right? Turn it on, record. This is the front of the office. Here's the traffic, right? Here's where you park. Just make sure you turn there, not there. Doesn't matter if it's moving around a little bit. It's fine. That's at least a 1,000% better than what you've got if you're not doing one. This is where you go in reception. Here's what you do. Here's what the front desk looks like. Here's You, you get the idea, right? It's mental smoothies. And there's a zillion ways you can do this to create a much better client engagement experience. What about, what about COVID? All right. So most advisors have been impacted by COVID. So as we're filming this, uh, we're in kind of late October, 2020, just for, for context. So anyone listening to this has been through experiencing the COVID thing, right? So what changes happened? Um, What changes were going to happen? How was your client experience and interaction changing? Most advisors went from doing face-to-face meetings to not being able to, at least for a period of time, in most places in the world, right? Yeah. Um, And in some places for a very extended period of time. So going back to February, what what was I saying... To advisors within our network to do. Can you remember?
1: Uh, I don't know if this is what you're after, but I do remember us having quite a few conversations about, you know, setting the expectations with your clients that, you know, th- things might be moving that way, you know, to, to video, but also to use it as a chance to, to, you know, make it more a part of the norm rather than constantly having in person meetings, you know, substituting in those. Yeah, know, I mean, that's, a, v-
0: that's a very good point. Um, and that is. COVID's kind of been a golden pass for advice firms and I'll come back and touch on that because you you made such a good point. I think that deserves a conversation all of its own. So one of the things I was saying was, all right, look, here's what's going to happen. Your clients are going to be nervous. So primarily financial advisors and accountants, right? Um, but same goes for coaches and consultants. When people are in a period of change and you're an advisor, so you're their advisor, then you want to be in contact with them less often or more often? More, More, absolutely, right? So the more you can be in front of them during these times, the better off and the more scalable your business is. So a simple way to do it is just make videos for your client base. Keep them in the loop. So accountants, for example, I mean, they've been super busy in Australia and I'm sure, I'm sure they have been in just about every country in the world. Um, One of the things I said early, right, going back to February is to my clients, right, here's the things you're going to need to be aware of. First of all, there'll be a toilet paper shortage soon. (laughs) People thought I was nuts. Um, That was an easy one to predict, but I won't get into that now. So it's going to be a toilet paper shortage. Um, what we're going to see is a market correction, but whether that market correction, stock market, will, you know, be super severe at the start or not is going to be interesting because the next thing we're going to see is massive amounts of stimulus, right? So the reserve banks of the world are going to be pumping money into economies. So we're going to see tax cuts and you know all kinds of stuff to try and incentivize the economy, and that's going to go in line with rolling rolling lockdowns and how long those rolling lockdowns go will depend on just simply uh, what the actual data comes in at because at the time we didn't know how dangerous this thing would be. Anyway, so what do you need to do? Make videos for your clients. Jump on there. So for accountants, you know, there's been incentives, tax changes. I mean, we've had multiple rounds of things in our country like you know, JobKeeper. Um, and there's different calculations, there's application periods, there's loans, there's all kinds of stuff. And how many businesses want to know whether they're el- eligible? Well, pretty much all of them. Yes, it's about everyone. Right? So, you know, you take your normal year and then you add this on. How much more workload have you got? So one of the best tools that accountants, certainly my clients, were using was to communicate all of their changes and their perspectives on it and where they were at in working on it on video to their client base. Reduce the number of questions they get. Keep your clients in the loop. Reduce the number of contact points that you're having because you're managing expectations better. Um, Educate your client base better around what they need to be doing in order to make the job easier for you to get them where they need to be. Um, Massive, massive, massive difference. And the firms that did that were able to significantly scale how quickly they could create value to clients. And, of course, that creates lots of opportunities itself. For the financial advisors, your clients are going to be nervous. Markets are going to get wonky. So what do you need to be doing? Communicate with your clients. Can you call every single one of them twice a week? You can try. You could. That wouldn't be a very effective tool. So make videos. So for the, for the initial two to three months, we were saying to, to all of our clients, look, you want to be in front of your clients at least twice a week, make two videos a week. And then as COVID was starting to people getting over it, drop it to one a week. And now it's probably more like once a month, unless you're in the accounting profession. And so as much as you need to, to keep up with any of the, you know, changes that you want to communicate with your clients. So the key uses of video, building brand, service efficiency, one-to-one, so client engagement, scaling your, your individual connection, and then scaling your communication across your client base and enhancing your overall client base engagement. So powerful. Yet what are you going to have to do in order to use it? Get your head around it. So the thing about this is is also, let's say you, I'm sure many of you are, are in multi-advisor firms, right? So maybe there's multiple employed advisors, maybe there's multiple partners, directors, senior advisors, whatever partners, whatever your, whatever your business structure is. So a question I get a lot is, well, I'm only one partner, so how do I do this? Well, just start doing it individually with your clients, right? You need to create change through actually creating change. And sometimes the best way to do that is with yourself first. And I would say someone needs to be the, the leader of change. So if you haven't made video stick within your business, then if you're the one listening to this, guess whose job it is. It's yours. So start with yourself. If you're in a restrictive environment where you, you know, maybe it's a stepping stone on your career, then make video that's got nothing to do with, you know, with that job. Make video to put on your social media profiles so you practice being yourself at scale. Okay? So what do you reckon? Have we kind of covered the main issues? I think there's a bunch more that we could potentially dig into so first of all the the need to be perfect yeah that's a big one what's the other thing if we're talking about you know creating video for social media like generally most weeks i'll upload at least one maybe Mm -hmm. two videos to linkedin um obviously as we produce this show we'll be having you know the goal is to have videos daily on all days but you know, across years, I've done, generally speaking, at least one. So what is it when, that people ask the most when we're talking about them creating video to go out? What do they
1: want to know? A lot of people ask just what they even talk about. Yeah. <laughs> how, do you, how do you think of something to talk about for that long? Or what if I start talking <laughs> about something and look like an idiot doing it? Or just... Topics in general. Right? Yeah. So
0: what do I talk about? And then if we lead on from that, well, why would people even be interested in what I have to say? Yeah. I mean, I've heard this. It's, I don't even know how many times. Too many. This comes back to the key point. And, you know, I was once, I was once asked, and I'm sure I'll tell this story a thousand times across all the different episodes, because it's kind of at the, the heart of my view of being an exceptional advisor. So I was at a, a public speaking event that I was doing and before I was getting up in front of I don't know, there was maybe wasn't a massive one, maybe five or six hundred people. And someone said to me, Hey Baz, so I can tweet it. What's what's your one liner for the secret for your success? Well, success to me is being an exceptional advisor, just so you understand. That like, gives context as to why I answered this way. It just kinda came to me like in the moment and I'm, I'm so glad I was asked the question and my answer was you're only truly free to be of service to others when you stop worrying about yourself okay this is at the core of advice if you're going into a client meeting worrying about what they're going to think of you you're not doing the best job You cannot be an exceptional advisor if you go into a client meeting with that. If you're worrying about their perception of you, you're not in the moment. You can't use your intellect and your intuition to get to the heart of the matter. If you're worrying about whether they're going to sign up, whether they're going to accept your new fee, whatever it is, if you're worrying about that, then you're not being true to yourself And being there for the client. Now that doesn't mean you don't put the fee to them. Absolutely it does because you have an obligation to make sure that you're charging them for the value you're creating. You can't honor your own worth if you don't believe it yourself. But that's not the same thing. The reason you're charging them is for their benefit. The reason you are making them pay is for their benefit, for the benefit of your clients, for the benefit of your family, for the benefit of your team. But that's being true to yourself. That's not worrying about yourself. And they're two different things. So what I would say is if we came back to the idea of video, why is the questions we always get asked, oh, I'm going to build my brand. I'm putting stuff out. What am I even going to talk about? Are people even going to be interested in me? You're not doing it for that. If you're thinking about that, then you're in the wrong mindset. Okay. The reason that you're going to do video isn't to get a new client. Now that may be an end outcome and it will be if you trust the process. The reason you're doing it is because it's better for you, because it's the right thing, because you've got something to say, because if you wanna be an exceptional advisor, then you have to overcome your own imposter syndrome And if you don't, you can't be in the moment for a client. That's what exceptional advice takes. When you're moving outside of logic and into intuition, you can only do that when you're there being in the moment. And that's the best thing about video to me. And I said this at the start of our our episode today. If I hadn't have done so many videos myself, there's no way I would have learned and cemented this lesson. And the same things happen for every single advisor I've, I've seen go on that journey. So imposter syndrome is really at the crux of you know one of the biggest things here. Just don't worry about that. Trust yourself. Funnily enough, if you like it, if it's something you learned, if it's something you feel passionate about, if it's something you're frustrated by, if it's a question you have, if it's an experience that was meaningful to you, then you sharing it will create resonance. First of all, it will create resonance internally. And that's what I was talking about before, bringing you into alignment with yourself, being comfortable with yourself. Secondly, other people are going to resonate with that. Okay, so part of how I'm suggesting that you change this around so you make it stick for you is stop doing it for the wrong reason. Stop worrying about yourself. Do it because it's the right thing to do. Do it because you're being courageous. Do it because putting yourself out there is good leadership. Not because you're trying to be perfect. Not because you're trying to convince people of how good you are, how knowledgeable, how much of an expert you are. That's the stuff you start out with when you're doing video. And if you stick to that, expect to get conflicted clients. Clients that are pains in the bum. Right. The lesson that I learned is the opposite. So st- start being scripted, trying to have everything for yourself, worrying about the outcomes, let go of all of that. Cause it's freaking hard. takes a lot of time and a lot of effort, but just talking about stuff and being yourself like we're doing now, like it's just a conversation. Mm. Have I messed up some of my concepts today? Hell yeah. Am I being perfect? No. And like I said before, if you don't like it, why the hell are you still listening? So how do you come up with concepts to do video then, right? So if we've addressed the fear issue, it, I mean, definitely when we sit down, oh no, we've run out of video. Hey, Jeremy, we've got to record some video, which by the way, we are going to do some piece to cameras straight after this. What are we going to talk about? So what's the mechanism that we've used over time in order to, to have things and ideas to at least spark us off?
1: oh for the most part we'll just you know similar to what we did just before we'll take a note down whenever we cover something in a meeting or you know you'll think of something throughout the day and be like oh can you throw that on a list i wouldn't mind making a video about that just whenever it happens to come up
0: you know it's funny because uh you're saying it but i'm actually looking at a spreadsheet over here on <laughs> the screen over here and it's just got a whole list of different points so yeah every time we come up with with an idea like i said before you have to get into the mindset of oh hang on a second i'm thinking about that just because i'm thinking about it means guess what it's probably a good idea to talk about it you're not doing it to promote things though don't that makes it difficult you're doing it because you've got something to say because it's something of interest to you run with that and if you do that and you're authentically yourself you'll become a better advisor and you'll also build a brand at the same time. And when it comes to communicating one-to-one with a client, that's even more basic. Because if it's too polished, you're not being personal. If it's not relaxed, then you're going to put your clients off. You wouldn't act that way when you're in a meeting with them. That wouldn't work out. So why would you do it with a quick follow-up video? Make it imperfect. It's fine if you're Doing it on your phone and you know you're moving around. Sorry, I'm just getting home while I'm sending this to you. Oh yeah, by the way, this is this is my dog. Sorry about that. Anyway, looking forward to catching up with you. Why wouldn't you do that? I can tell you now that's going to be far more engaging for the clients you'll actually want to work with than you know the the wooden structured video where I had my you know tie and my Windsor knot and my suit my lapel, what do you call the thing, handkerchief, (laughs) 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 and speak, yeah, speaking to perfection. Okay, so a couple of other quick things that I think are worth kind of touching on. Um, If we're helping you shine a light on your own fears, why hasn't this stuck? Why haven't you doing it? And how can you do more of it? Don't overcomplicate it, do it quicker. But also understand that there's going to be certain things that you're a human, so you're programmed to do. How many people like seeing themselves on video? What percentage of the population do you reckon?
1: Oh, less than one. Yeah, it's pretty low.
0: <laughs> now don't get me wrong, right? Um, there are some people that like seeing themselves on video. Um, they'll usually overend your and hear it too, because they'll make sure the camera angle's perfect and they're probably the people that uh, you know, are aiming at building big Instagram followings. Not that I have <laughs> Not that I have. Uh, not that I'm trying to disparage anyone, or all, all power to them. But sure, there's a percentage of people who wanna wanna see themselves in the public eye. Most advice professionals do not fit into that personality profile. I don't. I don't know. No, actually, I haven't. I don't know any that do. Some of them have got big egos. There's no doubt about that. So their ego will drive them to overcome it and put themselves you know, out there all the time. But by and large, most of the professionals I know don't like seeing themselves on video. Yep. So don't look. Right? You're not doing it for yourself anyway. Remember the wisdom your mum told you. It's none of your business what other people think of you. It's just your business whether you're actually being the best version of yourself, right? I actually say it's none of your business what you think of yourself either because all of the stuff people go around and around in their head is BS too. It's just your version to act and try to be the best version of yourself, right? To get better at doing that. That's the journey of life. So there's a little tip for you. Uh, I think there was only ever been one video. It just happened to be a really good angle. And I don't know, I was in the zone and I looked at it. and I'm like, Hey, that's the, that's the guy I think I am in my head. <laughs> well, Not the guy I think I am, the guy I think I would really like to be. And I was probably fit at the time and stuff. Whatever. You get the idea. <laughs> I don't know how many videos I've done, how many thousands, but it's a lot. Like, a lot. I remember I did for one event where we had for about 450 people. Were you, were you with us when we did uh did that Trust Reach Influence?
1: I think I think that might have been my first one. Yeah.
0: So, it was one event where it was, we had about 450 people coming to it. It was an event called Trust Reach and Influence. And uh so everyone that bought a ticket, I did an individual video for before they came along. So 450 videos. Hey, look, you know, and what did I do? I looked them up on LinkedIn, you know, stalked them, found out a bit about them, um, and made a video. I see you do X, Y, Z, really looking forward to getting to know you. Did it work? Hell yeah. I was, in terms of number of people that actually engaged in us to do work with, it was our most successful ever. Um, now, I've used this kind of one-to-one video so many times. So if you factored all of those, it would be probably more than 50,000 videos. So all of that being said, how many of those videos do I actually like? I can only think of one. So if you're using that as the bar and the line in the sand, then you're letting your psychology get in the way of actually being the best version of yourself. Are you an advisor that cares about making a difference for others? Do you believe in being authentic? Do you want to be a better version of yourself? Well, do it for those reasons. Not because you're happy with how you look on video. right. Get over it. No one else is thinking about, you know, how your chin looks there or whether you said this word or that word. No one else is paying attention to that. Just you. So don't be the deciding voice for whether a video goes out or not. You can get other people to check in on that. Um, just don't get someone who's overly critical and has their own hangups because then you'll be saying, oh, you could have done this better. No, just put it out there. If in doubt, put it out there when it comes to video. Just don't think about it. Don't engi- en- over-engineer it. Sure, it's a digital footprint and it can be out there, but honestly, people aren't going to judge you for that forever. There's no risk. And even if you screw something up, that's awesome. That gives you a chance to do a video about how you screwed up. That'll be even more engaging. Okay, so there's no downside to this. You won't blow things up. You won't. I've never, never, never seen this happen, especially when you're just being authentically you. Okay, I think we've covered most of the kind of key things here. There's a couple Mm -hmm. of other key points, and that is, you're not going to like yourself on video. It will create cognitive dissonance because the way you look on video is different to how you see yourself in the mirror, typically. Not only that, when you watch a video, you hear yourself and you typically sound different to how you do in your own ears. So that also creates cognitive dissonance. So it's a psychologically uncomfortable experience. Except if you just put it aside because you're being a better version of yourself and you don't think about it. And that's how you do video. Make it stick because it's the right thing to do. Because you've got an obligation to invest your goodwill and to scale your impact on others. To be more in contact with your clients, to build better training programs for your team. Okay, well, I think that's just about it. Yep. So thanks, everyone. Looking forward to joining you on our next episode. As always, please make sure that you've subscribed to our YouTube channel that you've signed up to our email at newsletter through the socialadvisor.com that you've subscribed to us on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Obviously, the more you do that, the more you share and please make sure you comment and tell us what you think. That's what actually makes it worthwhile for us to do this. That's what we need in order to keep sharing the lessons we've learned. So please take the time to do that for us in return for hopefully the the huge amount of insight and value we've shared with you today. Thanks, everyone. Looking forward to seeing you again soon. Cheers. Bye.